Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm John, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, oh the, the Horror. horror. <laughs> Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. Hey, if you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, follow, send carrier pigeon, whatever, to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at OTH at SeriouslyDecent.com. You can check out our website at OhTheHorrorPodcast.com. And to think this was the good one. Well, we we don't usually bomb this. Like here's this is the, the first thing. <laughs> this is the first take two we've had. It's the 88th episode, ever. and this is like the second take two we've ever had on the intro. It's uh, good stats right there. I mean, I think it shows. I'm not going to brag. Good but, we are at this. Well. The listeners will be the judge of that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, they they are. Yeah. How you doing since the uh, last uh, fifteen minutes? I seen you. <laughs> well, I got coffee now. I'm happy. I had coffee's good, by the way. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I slam dunked this. It's one. uh, it's very nice. Yeah, it's the best best decaf coffee I'll ever have. All right. Episode eighty eight. Ugh. Alberto Fischo. Albert oh, Fish. Yeah. Yeah, the one, the only. Thank God. The gray man. The werewolf of wisteria. The Brooklyn vampire. Yes. Yeah, he, uh, he had some names. He had some names. Sources. Allthatisinteresting.com, Albert mm-hmm. Fish. The Gruesome Crimes of Albert Fish, the Brooklyn Vampire by Katie Serena Checked by Megan Liscombe, uh, published October 30th of 2020 and updated February 13th, 2021. Mm, that's, that's it? That's, that's what I got. I got the wiki to start. Okay. Crimemuseum.org, murderpedia.org, thoughtcatalog.com, and then uh, I never like doing it, but they, they crawl me back every time. Uh, there was a ranker.com. I looked at that too. Albert Fish facts. So. Yeah. I have a lot of notes. I have a ton. Too many. I got carried away. I have five pages. I have 26 pages of notes. <laughs> Which, just so the listener can understand and why Jen's laughing her ass off, is I usually have four pages tops. I never clear four. <laughs> And I have 26 pages, which means I am never going to get through any of this. I have enough for a series here. We could do a series for like half a year. And I probably still wouldn't get to all my notes. I got into Albert Fish, man. Apparently, Damn. Got into Albert Fish. I got so disturbed. And I knew. I knew what I was getting into. I I, I knew the story. I yeah. knew when all I, of his. When jazz. I talked to you on the phone, I was pretty surprised at like how wrapped up you got about it. It wasn't. It wasn't that I was wrapped up. It was. It was kind of like when I watch those um, based on a true story, mm-hmm. and I realize, oh yeah, like 
Sylvia Likens, for instance. Yeah. And then when I realize it's so much worse than what was depicted in the movie, and the movie was horrible. Yeah. It's just that his, it's not enough that his acts are horrible, Mm -hmm. but to send the notes to the family. Yeah. Detailing what he did to their beloved family member, it very much just, I I was like, okay, I have to get my head out of this. I need to, and I, I, I want to preface for the listeners that I have had an interest in serial killers, murderers, Mm -hmm. just like murder in general, like how a person gets to that. And I, I, and I knew his story. I knew what he had done. And I was just like, Oh, really? There's people that know his story, but, but man, he's a separate like type of the cloth that like people don't, I don't think a lot of people are aware of. That's why I was happy we were actually doing this mm-hmm. one this year. Because he's one that people just, I think they know the name. Yeah, They don't know really like. Or maybe a detail. Yeah. 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 This this is going to get pretty dark, guys. Oh, definitely. We're talking about a serial murderer. Yeah. <sighs> one could say cannibal. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this is the number of victims, they don't really have a... Uh, no. A circle around. No. I know they talk about three because he confessed to three. Yeah. But. There's indications that it's. it's Well, he's saying. More than that. He was saying like a hundred. Yeah. And. And that might even be a yeah. low ball number. Yeah. So. I know there's more than three. And I'll get yeah. onto that later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is definitely more than three. But. But he boasted that um, he had children in every single state. He did. He and I, I mean, he he looks normal enough. Oh, I like think when so. you see a picture. I think if you were to put a lineup of him next to any other group, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah." Yeah, but I mean, he did have some quirky, weird things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe he has children in every state. Yeah. I think he may have eaten a child in every state. Um, well, no, that's what I mean by like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, and now you do that math, you're looking at at yeah. least fifty, fifty-two. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to say he didn't go to Alaska and Hawaii. Let's just clear Probably that not. Off. Yeah. Continental. I mean, 50. maybe he did. Yeah. Who knows? I'm going to get sick and disgusting about it. Maybe he just got like a connoisseur of it. And he's like, you know, you know, how the, you know, there'd be like me. I want to have hot dogs from every state because I'm a huge <laughs> hot dog fan. Was he like that about cannibalism? You yeah, know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So. This piece of shit was born on May 19th, 1870 in Washington, <laughs> D.C. to Randall and Ellen Fish, Howard 
um, I'm sorry, Hamilton, Howard, Albert Fish mm-hmm. had many names. The Brooklyn Vampire, Werewolf of Wisteria, The Gray Man, uh, Boogeyman was also another name for him. Small, quiet, and unassuming, he had a face that blended in with the crowd and a private life that would have frightened even the most hardened of criminals. Mm-hmm. As a child, Fish was plagued by mental illness, as were a number of his family members. Yeah. Not only was his brother in an asylum, but his uncle had been diagnosed with mania, while his mother routinely experienced visual hallucinations. His father was 75 years old at the time of Fish's birth and died when Albert was just five years old. Weird that his dad would die at 80 and he's just five. His widowed mother didn't have the resources to care for Albert and his three siblings alone and left him with a state orphanage. It was there that he conceived a passion for pain. The caretakers at the orphanage regularly beat the children, even occasionally encouraged the children to hurt each other, which is great to encourage in children. Yeah. But while the other children lived in fear of painful punishments, Fish reveled in them. Quote, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where I got started wrong. End quote. Fish later recalled, quote, we were unmercifully whipped. I saw boys doing many things they should not have done. End quote. He came to enjoy and associate the pain with pleasure, which would later seep into sexual gratification. Yeah, he mentioned that the beatings would often give him erections. Yes. And other orphans would tease him for it. Yes. You know, it's just a terrible, uh, terrible existence. Well, I mean, why are you getting an erection when you're being beaten? I'm not a psychologist. But I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for it. Maybe he never got any attention, and, mm-hmm. like, that was attention for him. I don't know. In the most, like, weirdest way, you know, mm-hmm. or most, like, deformed way ever. But, like, maybe just that type of... But there's a lot of people that get off of pain. It does release a... Yeah. Like, a, an endorphin, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, like, you watch, like, Jackass is a great example where you watch them. Like, they're getting off on the pain. Mm-hmm. And there's this like community environment where everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and so they all encourage them. And it's like a lot of these like release factors that come into play, you know, and I'm not saying they sit there and enjoy it, but they laugh and have a good time with it. Like, yeah. like there's a, there's an enjoyable substance. There. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying the guys from Jackass are getting boners and they want to fucking kill people, you know, <laughs> and eat them. But, but there's people that do Yes. Yeah, they, they have a, a, an attraction, not an attraction, but it's not a uh, a thing to deter him. It's not a right. deterrent. Got it. You know. Okay, so when his mother became mentally stable and financially self-sufficient enough to take him home in 1880, she removed him from the orphanage, but the damage had already been done. Fish not only continued to administer his own beatings, but began an unhealthy relationship with a telegraph boy in 1882. The child introduced him to the sexual practices of urolagnia and coprophagia, the consumption of human waste. Eventually, his sadomasochistic tendencies led him to an obsession with sexual self-mutilation. He would regularly embed needles into his groin and abdomen and flog himself with a nail-studded paddle. There is a photo of his pelvis. It's an x-ray, and there are... 27 needles yeah. that 
are evident on that x-ray all in that pelvic region. I saw it. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. Just the mutilation and stuff he would do to himself. Self, yeah. Let alone what he's going to do to someone else. Exactly. And in 1890, after a 20-year-old fish moved to New York City, his crimes against children began. Fish became increasingly curious about the pain of others and wasted no time after moving to New York City to learn more. He started prostituting himself and molesting young boys whom he'd lure from their homes to rape and torture them. A nail-studded paddle was his favorite weapon. Remarkably, in 1898, Fish married a woman his mother had introduced him to and fathered six children with her. While he never violently abused his own, Fish continued raping and torturing other children throughout their neighborhood. In 1910, while working as a house painter in Delaware, Fish met Thomas Kedden. Fish and Kedden began a sadomasochistic relationship, though it is unknown how much of it Kedden actually consented to. In later descriptions of the affair, Fish would hint that Kedden was perhaps intellectually disabled, though it was always difficult to sort fact from fiction in in Fish's tales and stories. Mm -hmm. Only 10 days after their initial meeting, Fish lured Kedden to an abandoned farmhouse under the pretense of an assignation. When Kedden arrived, however, he found himself locked inside. For two weeks, Fish tortured Kedden. The budding killer mutilated the other man's body and cut off half his penis. Then, as suddenly as he had arrived, Fish disappeared, leaving Kedden with a $10 bill for his trouble. Quote, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me, end quote, Fish later recalled. By 1917, Fish was having difficulty concealing the symptoms of severe mental illness, leading his wife to leave him for another man. Fish's self-harm grew thereafter from pressing more and more needles into his groin to stuffing wool covered in lighter fluid into his anus and setting it on fire. That's crazy. I mean... I, I, I don't know. I, I would think when you were like, hey, I could probably put this in my asshole and light it on fire. Before doing that, perhaps maybe I should go to an asylum, you know, like members of my family have had to do. Yeah. yeah. Because perhaps maybe I shouldn't be putting this in my asshole and lighting it on fire. And that thought never occurs to him, let well, alone raping and torturing why would that People. thought come across you when you after you've done all these other things? I mean, you know? I guess. So he began having auditory hallucinations, because that's great. And at one point, he recalled wrapping himself in a carpet on the instructions of John the Apostle. Fish began teaching his own children strange and oddly sadomasochistic games before developing an obsession with cannibalism. As a precursor to consuming human flesh, he began to eat raw meat, meals he often invited his children to share. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, you going to go over to the fishes for dinner? No, I'm going to pass. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm going to pass. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to stay with the places where they cook food, <laughs> and I'm certain it's Food. Yeah. By 1919, his obsession with torture and cannibalism had brought him to contemplate murder. 
He began to look for vulnerable children, such as intellectually disabled orphans or homeless black children, used that he assumed wouldn't be missed. He would claim at his trial and in later writings that God was speaking to him, commanding him to torture and consume young children. Hard stop. Bull fucking shit. You were hearing a voice. It was not God. God would not tell you to torture and consume anything, let alone children. Yeah, this is where you're getting into somebody who's so fucking messed up and messed up for so long. And there's 8 million ways to split this and you'll never know Mm because he's not around. Mm -hmm. But like anytime I like if I hear somebody that says, oh, you know, a voice told me to do this and it's an unspeakable act. Right. I think what that is, is it's them maneuvering themselves to make that acceptable. Like, I think yeah. that's the final, like, boundary of their mind where they're just like, yeah, maybe, like you were saying, maybe they are having some sort of conflict with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and themselves, not each right. other, but yeah. themselves. And, and they're having conflict with doing this stuff. But then they need to... Justify their actions. They need to reconcile the books, so to speak. And that, I think, is a convenient way to say, "Yeah, that's how I reconciled with it. I don't know, because that's just so crazy to do everything that he was doing. I mean, most serial killers, there's a thrill in doing it, Mm -hmm. and they just do the act, and it's this quick thing, and then they'll have, like, a ritual after where, like, they'll prepare the body maybe a certain way, or they do something, they take, like, a little trinket or something like that. Oh, he took trinkets. Oh, no, he's (laughs) in the group, you know, I mean, they, they do what they do, um, they're pretty predictable in that regard, but to the extent of the mutilation and punishment he'd do to himself and then the mutilation and punishment he would do to these to others. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's like him or been around since like him, you know, no. that is kind of recorded. And no. that's where I kind of laugh at not laugh, but he's definitely seems I don't, to be a one-off. I, yeah. I don't see like, I'm surprised nobody's done Albert Fish stories and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's the sensational ones that are a little more recent. Even like H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. He's had his thing in movies and things like that, you know. There but is Albert one Fish, movie with there is one, yeah. The Gray Man. Yeah. We watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was messed up. Yeah. Real messed up. Yeah. And then we, and I knew his story and I was like, yeah, that's the, uh. That's the watered-down version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I he scoured advertisements in local, local papers put out by families looking for someone to perform housework or by young men looking for work themselves. It was through one of these advertisements that he found young Grace Bud. Grace wasn't always Albert Fish's intended target. It was actually her older brother that he had set his sights on. Yeah. Edward Bud was looking for work on a farm or in the country. That's why he put out the ad Fish Encountered. Fish originally planned on, quote-unquote, hiring Edward and bringing him out to his country house to torture him. Thus, under the false name Frank Howard, Fish called on the Bud family in their Manhattan home. He claimed to have some farm work upstate that needed doing, and he was also looking for some help around the house. Was Edward interested? 
Edward was inclined to take the job from the unremarkable, gray-faced gentleman, but suddenly Fish's interest shifted. While Edward was mulling over his offer, Fish noticed a young girl standing behind her parents, 10-year-old Grace. He had a new plan, and he didn't waste any time. While discussing his fictitious farm and the imaginary work Edward would undertake, Fish casually mentioned that he was in town to visit his niece and attend her birthday party. Would little Grace like to join him? Albert Fish, the unassuming-looking stranger, convinced Delia and Albert Budd to let him take their daughter along to his niece's birthday party. They never saw her again. Fish took Grace, dressed in her Sunday best, to his house upstate, same one he'd intended to use as a torture chamber for her brother, and by November 1934, 10-year-old Grace Budd had been missing for six years. There had been no promising clues or developments regarding her disappearance. That is, until her mother, Delia Flanagan Budd, received an anonymous letter. Quote, Dear Mrs. Budd, it read, On Sunday, June 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. End quote. The bizarre rambling letter that Mrs. Budd received on that cold November evening began with the tale of a deckhand who developed a taste for human flesh and ended with a harrowing description of Mrs. Budd's daughter being murdered and roasted in the oven. Although the written confession was unsigned and nameless, it was the beginning of the end for cannibalistic serial killer Albert Fish. How his exorbitant madness and murderous bloodlust came to be, however, is a tale as macabre and unimaginable as the death of Grace Budd herself. Yeah, and they, they talk about him being a compulsive liar. Yes. And this is where it all gets tough. Yes. But in this letter, I mean, like, the detail, he goes in yeah. under what he did. And just talking about, um, you know, how he went upstairs, stripped all his clothes off. Oh, yeah, off, I got it. Broken you know, down. Yeah. Yeah. all these things. And, and she was illiterate. The mother, Ugh. Grace's mother. So she she had to have someone else read it. She couldn't read the letter herself. So she had her son read it instead. Mm. And, you know, I mean, it just. Uh... So according to the letter sent to Delia Budd, along with his confession, Fish, Fish hid in an upstairs bedroom, naked so as not to get any blood on his clothing, while Grace picked wild flowers in the yard. Then he called her inside. When she screamed at the sight of him, he grabbed her before she could flee. As his gruesome letter read, First I stripped her naked, how she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces so I could take the meat to my rooms, cook, and eat it. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. The letter, which had clearly been intended to cause panic within the butt home, hastened Albert Fish's downfall. The paper he had written the letter on happened to be a piece of stationery from the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Police inquired with the company and found that the paper had been left behind by a janitor from the company at a rooming house he'd been staying at. At the same rooming house, a man named Albert Fish was renting a place. Upon learning that Fish bore a strong resemblance to Frank Howard, Grace Bud's kidnapper, the police set up an interview. To their surprise, Fish confessed in an instant, practically tripping over himself to reveal the precise details of what he'd done to Grace Bud as well as dozens of other children. But in the end, only three children, including Grace, could be concretely proven to be his victims. The Grace Bud murder was by far the most infamous of Fish's crimes, but two other murders were linked to him after his arrest. 
Unsurprisingly, they're just as gruesome. According to Crime Museum, Albert Fish is believed to be responsible for the murder of a four-year-old boy named Billy Gaffney. Billy had disappeared while playing with a neighbor in Brooklyn on February 11, 1927. That child would later tell the police that the boogeyman took Billy. The three-year-old boy described this boogeyman as a slender, elderly man with gray hair and a gray mustache. At first, cops didn't take the child seriously, but when they searched all over the neighborhood with no clues, they finally realized he had been abducted. He was never seen again. But after Fish's arrest, a motorman on a Brooklyn trolley line came forward to identify him as a nervous old man he saw on the same day Billy had disappeared. Apparently, the old man was trying to quiet a little boy sitting next to him on the trolley who was crying for his mother. The man then dragged the little boy off the trolley. Fish admitted to kidnapping and, mur- and to the kidnapping and murder of Billy in sickening detail. I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle, cut one of my belts in half, slit these halves in six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth to his body and drank the blood. Although no one was ever able to find Billy's remains, people were able to locate the body of Fish's third confirmed victim relatively quickly. In 1924, a young boy named Francis McDonald, or sorry, McDonald, vanished while playing with his brother and a group of friends on Staten Island. His body was found in the woods shortly thereafter. He had been strangled by his own suspenders. Shortly before Albert Fish was put to death, he confessed to being the one who lured Francis into the woods, later assaulting and strangling him. He admitted that he was ready to dismember the boy, but he thought he heard someone approaching and fled the scene. The trial of Albert Fish began on March 11, 1935, and demonstrated quite clearly that the man was insane. As expected, his defense uh, pleaded innocent by reason of insanity, Fish admitted that his auditory hallucinations and the form of voices had told him to kill children. Despite numerous psychiatrists involved in the trial supporting the insanity plea, however, the jury found Fish sane enough to be found guilty. The trial took 10 days and ended with a verdict that saw Fish executed by electrocution the following year. While awaiting his fate behind bars in Sing Sing Prison in Osening, New York, Fish was permitted to write a series of notes regarding his crimes. These would help reporters covering the gruesome case more properly detail his crimes with a first-hand account to um, sure to entice readers. It's generally believed he killed anywhere between three and nine victims. Fish himself had another figure in mind. His chilling claim that he had a child in every state remains unconfirmed. Meanwhile, the man's detailed recollections from prison have never been released. Before his execution on January 16, 1936, Albert Fish's attorney, Jack Dempsey, refused to share his client's notes. It only took one glance at them to determine that what Fish had described was too macabre for public consumption. Quote, I will never show it to anyone. It's the most filthy string of obscenities that I have ever read. From his... uh, attorney yeah i mean like all these letters are out in the open Mm -hmm. and i mean we're definitely browsing over some because the details are just terrible absolutely i hated to share those details yeah but the thing is is just to 
like alarm the readers mm-hmm. or the listeners that are listening. Like they only got worse. The letters, mm-hmm. like it, if you thought that was bad and passed your threshold, yeah, like yeah, you're not actually you're, prepared. You're not prepared for the rest of the letters. Mm-hmm. And this gets into the whole big bit of it. Like, was he lying, mm-hmm. or was he telling the truth? And this is where it dances back and forth. And and this is the other hard part. Because of his mental illness, mm-hmm. he could have thought that he genuinely did all, the all things. those things when in actuality he really only acted on, you know, yeah. a handful or, you yeah. know. I think, I think what you have with Albert Fish is uh, a, a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. I think you have what he's done mm-hmm. and could have done. Right. Probably done. Yes. Um, But maybe not to the degree that he's saying, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to tell. Because, I mean, I was reading something where they were talking about the pins and needles. Yeah. And the doctor had some concerns about whether Fish was lying to him. And he was talking to the psychiatrist and stuff. He's like, yeah, I've been sticking needles in my body for years. You know, Mm -hmm. they're talking about all that. And they're just like, "Eh, you know, I that just doesn't seem possible. Yeah. You know, then they do the x-ray. Right. All the fucking pins and needles are yeah. there. Tons of them. Yeah. You know, so now that's where you got to kind of look and say, all right. Yeah. Maybe is, he's not completely full of shit. Maybe he's not completely full of shit. And this is where it gets to this delicate dance. Now, he it. is no. completely a piece of shit. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, that you say that it's done. It's 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 there. Mm-hmm. But still, you got to deal with all of this. You got to unpack this and 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 look at it. If, if people wish to, but my yeah. curiosity is with it. And I see the things like in his letters and things where he talks about specific things that were done. Mm-hmm. And what we don't learn much in here is like, you know, I don't think they ever found the bodies. Well, uh, and here's another thing. He's eating them. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like they haven't found the body. So, I mean, either, either it's one of two pendulum swings here. Mm-hmm. So let's take Grace for an example. Yeah. Either he just choked her. Yeah. And like raped her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then buried her and that was it. Right. And what a better defense than to say I ate him. Right. Because you're never going to find the body. Right. You and know. did they even look for her body? Well, where are you going to look if he ate him? The, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's it's a crazy, brilliant Defense in that regard, because mm-hmm. they can just get him for murder. Right, they can't get him for all this other stuff. Right, yeah. But law is different then. You're talking a hundred years ago, you know. Yeah, that's true. And, but I think you know, at the end of the day, you have this mentally disturbed person. Yeah. To the nth degree. Yeah. And this is where, like, I mean, people like to say, "Oh, you know, I'd like to think there's good in everybody." No bullshit. No. You know, you have this here that's damaged eight ways till Sunday. Yeah. Every part of this guy's life is just damaged, fucked up, and done. And the fact that he... Existed. Fathered six children. Existed, yeah. He lived to be an old man. Yeah, yeah. Doing this. Yeah. And that's where I think... It makes you wonder. And that's where I think there's a lot of them. Yeah. Because... Even the stories of him talking about how he ate the victims, mm-hmm. they're pretty, co- they're, they're not perfect lined up to each other, but they're consistent in how he handled the bodies and, mm-hmm. and like yeah. 
cut them up and yeah. like portion them out and things like that. Now, you got to imagine he's done that before to yes. get into that type of detail with it. Yeah. Now, if he was a successful writer or something like that, I okay, would say, fine. okay, yeah. he's got imagination. But, yeah. you know, he's just this average guy. Yeah. You know, and I hate to say average guy. He's just a mentally disturbed person. Yeah. And so this is where you get into the question you were asking before, like, where is the lines with all that? When you're that mentally disturbed, there's there no, are lines. no lines. Yeah. There's no lines at all. And they're just doing it because they don't understand. They don't know any different. Yeah, there's no value structure mm -hmm. in there on that. And maybe that part of his brain's broken. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that part of his brain wasn't working. You know, mm -hmm. there's all these type of scientific ways you can look into this. You so know. maybe you shouldn't have a child at 75. <laughs> well, I think this, and this is where you get into eugenics, and it's a, a very terrible discussion. It goes down hill in a fiery crash immediately is you got to ask the question sometimes should certain people have children you know absolutely and and that's a tough question to raise well and here's the thing his father was 75 which means his mother had to be of childbearing age yeah so that puts her well let's just say 40 at, at 40 tops know. yeah i mean but people in their older years have kids. I mean, you, you hear about it, you know, I mean, yeah, but okay. it's not to say it's not possible. I, you I'm, know? I'm not saying it's not, yeah. but what I am saying is 35, when you're 35 and you get pregnant, your pregnancy is considered high risk. Yeah. And you're high risk because you are born with, all of the eggs you will ever have as a woman. Mm -hmm. And as you age, they start dying away. Yeah. You start ovulating, having your, your period, which kills the number of eggs that you have. Mm -hmm. And by the time you're 35, you're talking about ancient eggs, essentially. Mm -hmm. And now you've got... 75-year-old sperm <laughs> meeting this aged egg. You got dusty sperm. I'm surprised going into an old egg. Mental illness was his only issue. Well, no, but it's also in the family too. Yeah. So let's just say everything's healthy biologically as mm -hmm. far as reproducing. Yeah. You have all of this genetic predisposition to stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that's where you get into eugenics, which is a terrible way to go down because there's people that come out of the worst circumstances and become these amazing people that are inspirational. Right. Yeah. And all over. My big problem with this whole story, and it's the same thing that we're dealing with fucking today, is nobody has the balls to sit there and look at a kid who's clearly messed yeah. up. Yeah. And not do anything about it. Yeah. Like, nobody wants they to knew. deal up with messed up kids. It's like all these fucking school shootings. Yeah. Every single one of them, there's all these precursing signs. Yeah. People that raise their hands. And it's like, all right, if you're going to sit there and say, oh, I'm for the betterment of everybody or the betterment of people. Yeah. Then come up with a fucking crack solution on what to do. With, with a these, troubled child. With these troubled childs. Yeah. Or troubled children. Yeah. 
I know it's easy for me to say I don't have kids, but it's also hard for me to watch yes. because I don't have kids. It's yeah. like, why are these troubled? The big question is to ask, are they beyond repair? Right. And the, and the fact is, is you know what? They don't need to be in school with everyone else. Right. You know, they I, need to be in a place where they can get the help that they yeah. actually need. And that help will help determine whether or not they can actually function in society. Or at least it's supposed to. I'll give you my niece for an example. Mm -hmm. My niece had spinal meningita, uh, meningitis uh, mm -hmm. right like when she was born. Mm -hmm. This is when my half-sister was out in California. Yeah. Had her. And oh, I remember being a little kid and like it was the rotary phone on the wall. Yep. Only we phone the at same. the house. Yep. And like we were literally waiting day by day by day on what was going to happen mm -hmm. to her. Yeah. You know, in the hospital, really tense. Every time the phone rang, just run over yep. to it. I remember my parents saying, if it's your half sister, just send it right to me. You know, yep. just because... You know, the phone calls were expensive then. That's where you had long distance yep. and things like that. Yep. It's stuff that people don't realize today. Or think about. Or forgot. Yeah. You know, we had long distance calls. We didn't have much money. So it was, I remember my dad would just run right on the phone. There was like this period of the evening, like two hours where mm -hmm. they would call, you know, one, or like one hour and they would call and we get the updates on what's happening. So she became deaf as a result of it. Healthy, fine through yep. there, but deaf. And- I remember my sister going up at one point because she was just in a regular school. Mm -hmm. And a regular school is not equipped to handle a deaf child. Correct. They just don't know what to do with them. Right. They, they don't know how to communicate with them. They right. don't know yes. how to do anything with them. Yeah. So fortunately, my sister got her into a deaf school mm -hmm. where it was all deaf kids, yeah. deaf teachers. Yeah. You know, and it changed her. Immediately. Right, yeah. You know, just now she's around normal. Right, yes. You know, I mean, that's her normal, and she's around all of it. Right, yeah. And it was just a great thing, and she's gone on to be just a great person. I don't talk to her much because right. I'm an uncle but around. Is, but now she's giving back. She Isn't she well, teaching yeah, herself? Well, yeah, that's what I'm led to believe. I, I haven't talked about it much, but but it's just, it's. It, it, I find that a great example of, you know, you put this person in a situation that should help them. Yes. And I'm not saying whether it's going to help them or not. Right. But it increases the stakes to help them. Right. Yes. Now, people are comfortable with doing that with kids that have autism, mm -hmm. deaf, mm -hmm. speech problems, mm -hmm. all these things everybody's fine with. Our but, big issue here is mental illness. Yeah. No, just troubled kids. Yep. Let's not call it mental illness. Mm -hmm. Let's not call it, Just say it like it is. This person's deaf. Send them to a school for the deaf. Right. This kid is troubled. Yeah. You got to figure out a place to keep these troubled kids. Mm -hmm. So they, more than anything, can't hurt everyone else around them. Right. Yes. Just accept the fact that they're troubled. Yeah. But the fact is, is in schools today, nobody wants to deal with, and not even saying schools, neighborhoods. Yeah. Everybody's just like, no, not my fucking problem. They, or the parents got to fucking do something about that. And it's yeah. like, okay, what do the parents do? Where do they bring them? Mm -hmm. Is there a thing for troubled kids? No. No. Nothing. No. And that's where I have a hard time with certain groups 
organizations and all this stuff that talk about how they're there for children and to protect children. It's like, no, mm. certain ones. Yeah. You Only know. some of the children. Yeah. So this is where you get like an Albert Fish, mm-hmm. where you sit there and they say, how did, and, and the first question, not to just bash on you or anything, mm-hmm. but the first question you said was, how come this wasn't a sign for him? And how come, because he's broken. Yeah. What the problem was is somebody should have saw in that orphanage. Now, granted, the orphanage was fucked. Yeah, but you know. still, if all of the kids are saying, hey, this kid is weird, it's not like they didn't have insane asylums at the time. Yeah. It's not like they couldn't have gotten him help. Yeah. Because it was actually available to them at the time. Yeah. So what is the, that's why I'm, I'm so frustrated. It's like, so what's the excuse? You clearly see there's an issue here. The other kids see an issue here and everybody knows about these red flags are flying. Yeah. And not a single fucking thing is done. Nothing. And now look at what happened because of your inaction. Yeah. This is what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear, based on what was happening with him as a child, that, yeah, he was going to have this eh, bend mm-hmm. bent to him. Oh, yeah. You know, the it, it was there. Yeah, you, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's You could have separated him. It's not like it was a minority report pre-crime, precognition yes. thing. Like, yes. You know, this person was doing very disturbed things yes. all the time. Yes. And I'm sorry, but where did you think that was going to fucking go? What did, did you, you think, think was going to happen? Did you think one day an angel was going to plop on his shoulder and he was just going to be a surgeon and fucking just fix people for the rest of their, you know? And and this is a tough discussion for, say, someone like you and I to talk about. Because if somebody were to just be like, well, why don't you do something about it instead of complaining? Why are, why aren't you doing You're telling other people. I'm going to tell you exactly why. I don't have kids. Nobody fucking listens to me. Because no. I don't have kids. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yep. End of discussion. Yep. You know, and, and that's that's the tough part of being childless. Is you got to be around all these fucking screw-ups all these fucking mistakes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're all mistakes. I'm just saying all of the mistakes. You got to be around. Mm-hmm. And I got to take it in the nuts every fucking day. Yeah. To be around a fucking bastard feral. Yeah. Just, and, and, and I'm not even saying bastard feral, but just the fact that it, it drives me nuts because it's like this person needs help. Yes. This person needs assistance and needs help yes. with things. Yes. And like I said, we've got all these avenues where we've made massive strides for yes. deaf, yep. blind, speech mm-hmm. impediments, autism, any kind of form of retardation, as long as they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. And even the ones that hurt people, this is where we're crossing the line. Yeah. Right here is yeah. like, what about people that are hurting people at yes. a young age? Like, kids shouldn't be doing this. Now, like the taunting and the bullying and all that's that stuff. Different. That's if natural. They're actually physically hurting other children, or if they're physically hurting themselves animals and themselves, or physically hurting themselves, that's a sign. Yeah, that's a sign that somebody's got to intervene. Yeah, 
And I mean, now granted, you're going to talk to somebody that like, well, I used to cut myself and, you know, I turned out well, you know, and, and, and that's. Well, the people that cut themselves and turned out well actually did get some sort of help. No, exactly. They did get some sort of help and, and they did get some sort of, or they saw, they saw after help themselves. Right. Yes. They had that moment that you were talking about earlier, like. There was no aha moment. You know, there was an aha moment where they probably ran out of spots to fucking cut themselves. And they're yeah. just like, you know what? This is a fucking problem. Yeah, like somebody I should smoking, probably not do this Like anymore. somebody smoking cigarettes or mm-hmm. drinking and, mm-hmm. you know, or drinking and smoking, you know, and woke up with the fucking cigarette burning a hole in their fucking fingers because they fell asleep or, you know, passed out. Yeah. You know, everybody has their... Their thing. Their, their line yeah. that they cross. And they're just like okay, maybe I need to do, but there are people who don't have that kind of decision-making. Yes. They don't have those tools, mm-hmm. whether it's a biology thing mm-hmm. that inhibits it mm-hmm. from them. And and that's where like the Albert Fish thing, I was so glad to talk about this mm-hmm. because like, I think it's relevant today. I think a lot of things failed Albert. Yeah. His everything parents, did. the orphanage, I mean, even his wife, she noticed there was mental illness. So she just leaves and goes off with another man. Yeah. You still have children with him. And if he's got an issue, you don't think for a second that maybe that issue could have passed on to your children. So at the very least, wouldn't you have gotten the help in the hopes that by helping him, that can also help your children? Yeah. Yeah. What if he had a... What if one of his kids did the same thing that he did? Yeah. And it's entirely possible that oh, one yeah. of them did. Yeah. Because he was sharing his fucked up thoughts with his kids. Yeah. Giving them raw meat. It's entirely possible that one of his kids could have done exactly what he did, but did it better. And the fact that they didn't get caught. No, exactly. Or they didn't write the letters. Yeah. No, it's it's... It's 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 a weird situation. This is my And then they could have had kids. Yeah. No, it's perpetual. Uh, no, it's perpetual. You see like how I had a problem. No, I know. No, it's a perpetual <laughs> thing. And this yeah. is where I laugh when people say, Well, those people shouldn't reproduce. It's like now you're getting into eugenics and all that stuff. You're telling people that they can't reproduce. Because the problem is, is okay, maybe those kids did turn out bad. But maybe they turned out right, too. Right, yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, and that's where I get into, like, there needs to be this place for mm-hmm. kids like that. And this yeah. is where I get to the crux of my argument, where I hate schools getting these big budget dollars. Yeah. These elementary schools. Yeah. These junior high schools and high schools. It's like, look, your job is to teach fucking English, math, history, the basics. Yeah. The core. Yeah. Also, some core responsibilities on how to exist in the world. Yes. And if you have some kid that's rambling through there, instead of blowing a bunch of money on technology or, I don't know, a raise because mm-hmm. you set out another rash of kids that are fucking illiterate and can't read cursive writing and can't yeah. do simple addition and multiplication and math, you know, yeah. yeah, let's give you a raise for that. Honestly, you want to plug away from the show, go for it. <laughs> but the fact is, is... Every single, like these school shootings and stuff like that, they all talk about, oh man, it's this terrible thing that happened. And it is. It is. You know, kids, you know, schools are supposed to be the safest place for a kid, 
Period. But even when your home is messed up, the kids and the teachers all know who the troubled kids are. They everybody all does. Know. Everyone does. So, you know, these schools are supposed to, and I can identify with this because yeah. I had a rough upbringing, mm-hmm. and there was times I just liked the peace of school. Right, With yeah. the insults, yeah. the badgering, yeah, the, the bullying, the bullying and all mm-hmm. that. And I got my fair share of that thrown my way. I gave it that way. It actually teaches kids to stand up yeah. and, and stand, stand up, up for, for themselves yeah. and, and, and things like that. But there was a piece in school at times that I needed because I wasn't getting that at home. Right, yes. And I would have this group of my friends and I mm-hmm. would feel this sense of belonging that I had that I didn't have at home at right. one particular time or another. So school has to be safe for kids. Yes. It has to be. And this is where I sit there and it's like, you know, I'm not going to get into the minutia of blaming guns and all that other stuff. But the fact is every single shooting, every single one or mm-hmm. every single really bad physical crime yes. at a school that happens in a school with students Everyone finally comes over after and they're like, yeah, no, he was always messed up. Yeah. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Even the cops fucking knew. Teachers are supposed to be mandated reporters. Yeah. They're supposed to, if they see changes in children, like if a child, if it's suspected that there's child abuse going on at home, they're supposed to... They're supposed to be mandated reporters. And you mean will. to tell me if you see a child who's acting out and doing something, that's clearly an indication that either something's happening at home or something's happening with that child. Oh yeah. Aren't you supposed to man aren't you a mandated reporter to at, try and help this child? And that's the tough part of it. Cause like say you get a kid that doesn't have any signs of physical abuse. This is where the this is where the lines get gray. Mm-hmm. You have a kid that has no physical signs of abuse, but there's just something off about him. Mm-hmm. And now in this little touchy touchy feely era we're in now, where you can't say anything bad about anybody. Oh yeah, you can't hurt yes. their feelings. Yes. So now you can't have this dialogue of why Timmy's fucking weird. Yeah. You yeah. can't have that discussion. So I get where teachers are sitting. Like, what do you want from me? And it's like, yeah, but you're the ones that are creating this touchy-feely environment to begin with. Yeah. You can't have it both sides yeah. is what I'm getting at. It's it's time for school boards to actually stand up to the parents instead of being scared of the parents. Because I certainly recall when we were kids, oh, yeah. if you messed up on the bus, the riding the bus was a privilege. And yeah. if you messed up that privilege, you did not have the privilege of riding the bus and your parents would have to make arrangements to get you to school. That was that was your job as a kid is to behave on the bus. Now, apparently, uh you're not allowed to say, "Hey, your kid is acting up on the bus." You're not allowed to say, hey, your kid has lost the privilege of riding the bus Mm -hmm. because they're taxpayers. Well, I don't even have a kid in the school and I pay school taxes. So what the fuck? I I had to behave. How come your little piece of shit doesn't have to? Well, and a lot of it too, again, we come from a different generation, us generation X, us latchkey kids. Yeah. Where 
if someone from the neighborhood told my dad I was doing something, yes, that was true. Yes. That the whole was neighborhood true. parented yeah. the children. The whole yes. neighborhood did it. And and here's the thing, and I remember talking with like kids of this era now about it. They're like, Well, yeah, but you know, that means any adult could say something just to get you in trouble. And I go, Yes. That's why I always fucking behaved and never gave them fucking anything. Yeah. To nail me on. Yeah. It works either way. Yes. That's it what does. people don't get. Like mm-hmm. that that type of discipline. An upbringing works on both sides. It works on the fact that if you do fuck up, another person from the neighborhood mm-hmm. or a teacher can say, hey, Frank was doing this or Jen was doing yeah. this. And then our parents would be like, well, why the fuck do you do that? And you'd be like, that's not true. Bullshit, it's not true. Yeah. Why would so-and-so take time out of their day to tell me that you were fucking doing this? And that was the end of the discussion. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. It was over. Yeah. So you had to sit there and, and I remember like growing up, like around certain adults, I was just straight and narrow. Same. Fucking, I was always respectful. I never gave them an inch. No. To fucking get me on anything. No. You know. I remember talking back to my mother specifically once because I had seen my cousins doing that. Yeah. To my aunt. So I was like, all right, well. Let's give this a shot. And I remember my mother grabbing me by my shirt, bringing me eye level to her. I'm against my back's against the wall. Yeah. We're eye to eye. And she goes, who do you think you're talking to? And all of a sudden I went, oh, shit. This is no. Yeah. This no. I'm like abort, abort, abort. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I never, I never spoke to my parents disrespectfully yeah. or sarcastically or obnoxiously ever again. Yeah. I was like, okay, clearly, all right, there's a packing order here. Yeah. And I am lowest man on the totem pole. And in my part time <laughs> in the retail space and talking with other people and all that, it's like, you think this shit's crazy now, you have no idea what the fuck's coming your way. Yeah. Because these these kids nowadays, and I and I hate to sound like that old guy. Yeah. These kids nowadays, they don't have fucking respect for anybody, anything, and it's not just in our area. Most no. most of the kids I have to say in this area are, are very respectful, respectful yes. very respectful. And there's a handful of derelicts like anywhere, but that's the point I'm getting at is you got to deal with this somehow. Yeah. There has to be a solution with it. Yes. You know. Otherwise, you're going to get more of this over and over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And yeah. and this is where I think it's it's a complex problem. Mm-hmm. Albert Fish really brings up the complexity. He truly of, does. Of being a youth being raised in what do you do with an Albert Fish? Yeah. That's ultimately where the discussion, I'm not going to say has to go, but should go. It's where it should have gone. What do he you should do? Have, he should have gone to an asylum like his uncle. Yeah. Um, And he probably would have lived out his whole life there. But uh, asylum's a fucking taboo topic. Like, you and I talk about it back and forth like nothing because they were around then. Yeah. You know, but so, they're not around anymore. And look no. what's happening. And the genius <laughs> idea. So... Geraldo Rivera did a bunch of, and it wasn't just Geraldo, but a say, bunch so of investigators did these uh, 
exposés on asylums. And the problem with the asylum was and always has been overcrowding. Because once it gets overcrowded, there's no way you have enough staff to adequately monitor Mm -hmm. and actually help. Now, at a lot of points in history, there were diabolical people at the heads of these asylums. And they're like, shit, we got all these uh, rats here. Let's start doing some experiments. And they did some pretty horrible things. Yeah. However, there were a lot of people who actually did get help. And they would not have survived or they could have done something terrible to themselves or others if they hadn't been in the asylum. So our great response to all of these atrocities in the asylums was to shut them down. Well, when you shut them down, you sent all of these people out onto the street. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. California does not have a homeless problem. Yeah. California has a mental illness problem. They have a lack of treating mentally Correct. ill people. Correct. The state that touts that they're all for yes. the human being, yes. all for the, you know, yes. and now they're doing this stupid there stuff. Are, um, they're actually getting to a point now, I don't know if you heard about this, where they're telling all these hotels now, like the rooms and areas that they don't fill up, they should let homeless people go in there and stay in them. It's like they're going to destroy the fucking hotels. It's like, how about with your big budget that you brag about all the time? How about you clean up your asylum and I don't know. Yeah. You probably are going to have to build a lot more. But here's the thing with it. This is the problem with asylums and mental institutes, you know, like Mm -hmm. places like that. Number one, there's no money in it. So it has to be a hundred percent paid for funded. It has to be state funded. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. There's no profit mechanism in it, yeah. you know, because I mean, like even prisons can be private and and run some sort of a profit of some kind. Mm-hmm. You can have them work and do things and, and stuff like that. There's no profit other than maybe some medical developments. And that takes decades to yeah. do, yeah. you know, because you've got to identify it, yeah. find it, treat yeah. it, get and some duplicate sort of, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's so. So what now it's a publicly funded thing. So now you've got people that just, I don't want to pay for this. This is where you see the nature of true people. Yeah. You know, I don't want to pay for this. Then there's the Do you want people shitting on your lawn? Then there's the not in my backyard. Mm -hmm. I don't want this thing next to me. Mm -hmm. That's another problem. It's a complex problem. Yeah. Now you have the other thing where you have somebody that's uh, old and you don't want to pay like a nursing home or 24-hour care for them. It's easier just to say they're fucking crazy drop them off at the fucking loony bin. So now you got that problem or say somebody that you just don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Now, mental illness, it works that way. Cause that's what it's for. Right. Now you get into the part where the medical, um, malpractice got into play. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part in the early eighties yeah. and late seventies through there. The one flew over the cuckoo's nest type yes. of thing and, yes. and stuff like that. It's a multi-layered problem, but I think it's something today where they have to re discuss that type of thing. Yes. You know, and I'm sorry, it's possible. If they're sending billions of dollars here, billions of dollars here, the amount of money that America is tossing around right now is fucking insane. They could toss some dollars at mental illness. They could figure out maybe just, all right, you know what? How about if nobody knows anything about it, nobody wants to talk about it, let's just get people and study. 
Yeah. Just study it. Yeah. And 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 do that for now. Mm-hmm. Do that for 10 years. Yeah. And just study it and see what you come up with. And this is where I think it needs to be reinvited because the whole medical industry and medicine was different late 70s, early 80s. It was. It's fucking 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different now. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to re-invite that idea of making, and they can name it whatever they want so it's soft and fucking fuzzy for everybody. Or, but, you know what? Maybe we stop being soft and fuzzy. Maybe, no, we, I, maybe we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and maybe we start taking some licks because we got to do something. And this soft, cuddly, touchy-feely bullshit is not working. No, I think the soft, it's cuddly- It's failing on epic proportions. Oh, no, it is. But the but the reason that is is because we're, we're first world country. It's really yeah. what it is. It's first world. And I'm sorry. Like, in a first world country, why do we have citizens who are in need? Yeah. Out on a street. Yeah. Freezing. Yeah. Shitting. Pissing. Begging for money. Begging for money. Yeah. For food. Who and it, are in, who, all right, even if they have schizophrenia, there are drugs that can treat it. Mm-hmm. And get it under control. Yeah. But the best thing they, they don't have to live their life like the that. The best thing they have available to them is a soup kitchen and a halfway house. Yeah. After we, all these years. We can do better. We've been around for 47 years and this is the best. Not yeah. the state is done. The no. country's done. Yes. And I think it's just, uh, it shows where the priorities are. I don't care what political party you're from. No, yes. This is an epic failure. It's a massive failure in our lifetime. And I say this more to the youngsters. This is something you're going to have to figure out. Because for the last 40 years, from boomers even... And the problem with, I hate to say us Gen Xers, there's not enough of us. No, We're the small demographic we're the small (laughs) generation sandwiched between the boomers and And the the millennials millennials. and gen z's yeah like we're just sandwiched in and we're just existing in all of this yeah and as casual observers who've been through time yeah this is this This is is gonna be a problem this is how we get more albert fishes yeah this is how exactly and and i'm sorry as horrible as this sounds what he did, it's possible that we're making people now. Oh, it's going to happen. Going to be worse. Yeah, it's going to happen again. I, I think it's definitely. We gotta suit up. It's definitely <laughs> going to happen again. I, I, I really, you know. But one thing that maybe people don't know, uh, as we kind of wrap into things here, uh, he was the inspiration for Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. in the Silence of the Lambs. Um, yeah. Yes, he was. Yep. And they say, you know, well, Hannibal Lecter was just a movie and all that stuff, but he was loosely based yeah. on Albert Fish. Yeah. Um And it's, it's um yeah, it, it's crazy. Oh, I know. I, I, like I said, he's different in the fact that some of these other people had things factored later in their lives and it yeah. kind of switched them like a light bulb. They kind a of lot had of the time, regular... there's some sort of like um, head trauma yeah. or something that happens that flicks that switch yeah. or there's a traumatic incident. And maybe the traumatic incident for him was the orphanage. It's hard to tell. There's just so much there. Yeah. 
And that's where know, I'm not going to say you're going to fix, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not fixing. It's just at some point, like I said, it just, a school has to be a safe place for all kids. Yes. And to have somebody that has these types of tendencies mm-hmm. and just does weird shit. They need a place. Your school's not safe anymore. No. I'm not saying arm them with guns. I'm not saying arm no. them all over the place no. because I grew up. Where a kid could have a rifle in the back of his fucking truck mounted. Yeah. And just pull into the parking lot and it was okay. Yeah, same. It was fine. Yeah. And that wasn't long ago. It no. was 40 years ago. It was ago. actually okay to have pictures in the yearbook from opening day of hunting season. Yeah. In their camo and their Oh, I bet out gun. here totally. Yeah. You know, but I mean, some schools that had the budget for it and all that, they would have... Actual rifle teams and a shooting teams. A gun in and, and of itself is not the problem. It's fucking harmless. It, it really needs is. to have an operator in order for it to be a problem. Because this is what I'm going to predict. Mm-hmm. Frank the Grand Kretzkin here, or I could do it in a haiku. You're going to be an Ostradamus? You know, I could do a haiku. Are you going to go all Edgar Casey? But I didn't pre write a haiku, and I'm not haiku uh, proficient to do it. But you know what? You take all the guns out, they're going to stab people. Uh, They're going to figure out something. Yeah. That's and and you aren't solving anything. No, this is where I, we don't have a gun problem. We have, again, it gets down to a mental issue problem. Yeah. It's it's because those troubled kids, there's something going on mentally. Oh yeah. And even just treating them with drugs. You don't know what these drugs are doing. No, but all of them were on some sort of medication. Yes. They're all on some sort of stuff. And, and this is where I think, it's, I hate to say it, teachers, but, you know, you want to brag about everything else you do. Yeah. Brag about the fact that you found somebody and discovered somebody that had some problems and maneuver them out of this safe area. Yes. Get them into their own safe area. And you area. do that, and that's all you're going to have is some good old-fashioned bullying and name-calling and a couple fist fights. Which, let's be honest, stuff. are super easy to deal with. Well, no, all you're things just, considered. you can't fucking avoid those. It's exactly. going to happen. They're yes. kids with hormones. Yes. You know, it's going to happen. Yes. But the but the fact is, is these, like, deep-seated, troubled kids. Yes. You can't, you know. They need to be in their own place. Oh, yeah. It's safer for them. Well, I find it this way. If you were working in a company mm-hmm. and you were on your floor in your department of 100 people or 50 mm-hmm. people on a floor and there was this wild freaking nuts just person mm-hmm. that w- came in every day that yep. was working there, one way or another, they'd maneuver that person out of work. Yes, they, they would. They would say, oh, you know, you're just not a people person or yeah. you're not the vibe of the company. Yep. You're not this and that. So we're going through a downsizing phase Yeah, you're right going to come up with any yep. type of fucking mm-hmm. excuse or whatever and yep. get them out of there. Yeah, that, that kind of behavior would not yeah. be tolerated in a corporate, corp, corporate yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, uh, business. They would not, they don't suffer that kind of bullshit. Well, that's where I always thought, you know, like how the postal workers, that one period of time. Yeah, where everybody would go postal. Going postal, Mm -hmm. that's where the term Mm -hmm. came from. Well, I was having a conversation with somebody and they were like, yeah, what was the post office doing, man? Like, why were they creating? I said, I don't think it was the post office creating anybody. The postal job wasn't a job that these type of people could qualify for and get. Yeah. And that was a result of these people just yeah. getting the same type of job. Mm-hmm. 
And then the postal department figured out that we've got to have a little more of a. We should uh, probably fix our bar. A little screening, <laughs> a, a little screening deal, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, and that's where. But the post office learned from that. Exactly, you know, they identified the problem. So how come the school hasn't learned from it? I don't even get me fucking started because we will go from listeners that we have now to probably none yeah i, I okay. just uh don't even get me started on it because it's a topic i'm far too passionate about and unless they beg for it i'm not going to talk about it it's a <laughs> it's a horror podcast and we're going to stick to horror stuff yeah but. so where does this take us now we get a nice little break. We do. I'm super excited about I'm this topic, and I excited. hope you guys like it too. Yeah. We're doing cursed films. Yeah. So These are films where a bunch of, they could just be coincidences, but boy, bad things happened on these sets. Yeah. So. So we're, we're going to break our rule semi because we never do movies. But oh, no. Technically... Oh, we're doing a ton of movies. <laughs> but technically... It's... I have to tell you, there's more cursed films than I was comfortable with. I was like, holy shit, is this really a thing? Yeah, that's where... I don't know, it's weird. Because I, I I, was looking into this a bit just for prep. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sitting there thinking... Like, like, it's not just like 10. No, no, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not even just like 20. Yeah. It's more than that. Yeah, yeah. And that's where... Um, and there's only a couple that overlap on the list. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it begs to ask a lot of questions, which those are questions we'll get yeah. into on the episode. I, that's why I'm excited. Oh, yeah, no. there. It's definitely... Uh, it's going to make good talk. Uh, <sighs> but, yeah, I just... We'll have coffee. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> do we got to set up a hotline? Do we got to do lives now? Is that five 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 four 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 four? We got to do lives now. <laughs> Take calls in. Jeez. Yeah. Coffee to walk. <laughs> yep. No, it's uh, cursed movies. Oh, I'm next super week. excited. And uh, again, thanks for uh, listening and check us out. We really yes. appreciate it. Thank you. We like the um, we we like the amount of people that are. Not only coming in, but sticking with us and staying. Yeah. So again, hey guys, I know we rant every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. At the end of the day, it's it's frustration. You see it. Yeah. You want to do something about it, and I think if we start following our tenets here <laughs> of oh the horror, we might actually be able to make some headway on these things. You know, I don't know, especially when you get to six and eight and I think five and yeah. four. No, it, it's a, uh, I, I think people just have to come to terms that they're gonna have to get their hands dirty. Yeah, we can't, can't sit on the sidelines. You can't anymore. just kind of maneuver, maneuver through life and and try to stay clean all yeah. the time. And there's nothing wrong if you're into gardening. Getting your hands oh, a little dirty. I got to tell you, good it's very cathartic. Yeah. Well, no, and you, you get to see some results of things. And, yeah. And you know what? You're going to get kicked. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, it's things part are going to happen. Life. 
but it's 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 good. It's, it's character building. Well, no, it's just it's it's growing up. Yeah, it's growing it up and 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 it's maturing into uh, a better version of you. Yes, I always have this kind of saying, and it's said ad nauseum in different areas, but I always just try to be a better person than I was yesterday. Yes, that's a good way to approach life. That's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. I fail at it a lot. I'm going to confess, I do. I, I fail I, at I it a to. lot. There's I, days I look and I'm like, I should have done a lot more today. But I the fact is, is you always have tomorrow. Every day that God helps me be a better person, a person worthy of all the blessings that he's yeah He's blessed me with. Yeah. Just help me be a better person. Help me be able to help others. Help me be able to, to give back because I have been mm-hmm. blessed. Yeah. And I think that's what people confuse with being what being like a Christian really is. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not you're not perfect and you know you're not perfect. Exactly. But it's the yeah. whole idea of just saying, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And man, I fucked up today. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, because just saying you're sorry in prayer or meditation or whatever, it's saying it to yourself, but also what you're doing maybe even without knowing it, but knowing it's much easier, is setting just a bar for yourself. Yeah. A standard. Yeah. A standard that you can't even touch. hmm But your quest of going for it just makes you ultimately a better, better. person. Yeah. Yep. Because there's those days where, say you're patient, or say you help somebody, and another person's watching and you don't know it, and they walk right up to you and they're like, that was just amazing what I saw. I didn't know people were... You know, I didn't know people existed like that. I thought we ran out of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then what you find out right there is like, yeah, I wasn't doing that because anyone was watching. Yeah. I just genuinely helped this person out. Yes. And, and it spreads. It does. Because then that person sees that good act and says, you know what? Other people are doing this. Yes. I need to get in the game too. I can do this too. And that's yeah. really how it works. It's yep. that freaking simple. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and you can't Let's be... Let's spread the disease of thoughtfulness, respect. Well, no, I just hate the idea of people saying, I want to change the world. Why don't you put your ambitions down a ton yeah. and say, you know what? I just want to be a good model for people in my community. Mm-hmm. Work on your community. And it before you spread. even work on your community, mm-hmm. work on your home. Yeah. Work on your home, work on your yeah. relationship. Yep. Because I'm sorry, I'm going to say this and it's not very Christian-like, but who the fuck are you to tell someone what to do when your own ship and your own house is a fucking mess? Yeah. If your life is a mess, who are you to tell people what to do? Yeah. Jen and I will tell people relationship advice all day. You know why? Because we crush our relationship. <laughs> We and we've do. got witnesses for we it. We do. We have people who say, yeah. you're our relationship goal. We could, yeah, we could bring people on this show. Yeah. Go ahead, challenge me. Yeah, I right? dare yeah. you. Yeah. Because I've got episodes now for the next six months every week. <laughs> Just yeah. same story over yep. and over again. Yeah. So I feel I have that ability to mm-hmm. share what our success is. Yes. And that's what you need to do. You need to share your success. Yes. You do. Don't share your hate. No. Don't share your envy. No. Don't share any of that stuff. No. Share your success. And if you don't have success, Make find some. it. Make yeah. some. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and you will be able to help that mm-hmm. other person out. And sometimes sure helping will. people isn't getting them a job or anything. Sometimes it's just helping them cross the road. Yeah. Or they drop something out in the parking lot, getting groceries. Yeah. Just help them pick, a, pick it up. Put your cart back yeah. at the grocery oh, store. Oh, now you're just being crazy, Jen. It's the you know? simplest thing in the yeah. world. I promise nobody's going to take anything out of your car. You're if you're concerned, person. you can you can lock your car or if walk-in's a problem for you, park next to the corral, yeah. and then you can just, it's right there. You just, boop, right, right, so, right where it goes. So when I work part-time at the grocery store, mm-hmm. I'll tell the story and then we're done. Okay. It's a, so this woman brings her cart out, and I was doing like a curbside run mm-hmm. or something like that. And I saw her, she had two kids, and uh, they were in the seat part yeah. of the cart. And... She's unloading her groceries in the back of like her SUV and I roll over and I'm like, Hey, I can help you out with that. She's oh, you don't have to. I said, no, no, no problem. I'll help you out. And I'm putting the bags in there and all that stuff. And, and, uh, she goes, Hey, you get your kids in there and I'll, I'll, I'll take your car. I said, you know, I know it's probably, you know, I know it's weird for some to push the cart over, yeah, you know, and leave your kids in the car. And she looked me right in the eyes and she goes, they would bring them back. <laughs> she goes, Yep. She goes, I will never leave. I will never lose these two kids. And it was funny because like they were angels yeah. sitting there. But, you know, she's probably just saying it as a joke, but I thought it was funny. It, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I was always sure that if I were ever kidnapped. Yeah. Unless I was chloroformed and knocked out, yeah. I would say way too much for far too long. And yeah. they would be like, Ugh. Is this going to be the thing? Because is this yeah. going to happen the whole time? Or you'd have fish where he's just like, man, I hope this meal's worth it. Because it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> right? And on that note, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Six. No empathy. You need to act help in it maybe we should change it to you need to get dirty you need you need to get in there you need to start you suit up get in the game you yeah 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 you're being called off the bench yeah yeah and don't let the black-eyed children in don't Don't look at them talk to them no nothing that's the only by rule it's the only you know yeah it's it's the time you don't want to uh you know Get yep. your hands dirty, right? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. You don't get your hands dirty with the black-eyed children. Yeah. You get your hands dirty in your community. Yeah. You know? Pick the trash up. Yeah. Kick the trash out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and last but not least. Just listen. Uh-huh. So curse movies next week. Yes! Can't wait to be with you. Have a lovely day, a wonderful week. And for the love of God, make good choices. (laughs) Take care.